For more on the markets, we welcome in Mark Newman, CIO and founder of Constrained Capital. Mark, thanks for being here. It's a shortened holiday trading week, but a busy one, right? We'll get um, home sales and durable goods, sentiment. How are you feeling about the action of this week? What do you think we uh, are feeling at this point for in investors? I think it's interesting because we have a lot of what I'd call somewhat position squaring into year end. I mean, obviously still have about a month to go, but I think there are absolutely moments and pockets of investors and traders fixing up their books, so to speak. So this year, energy has been a great performer, but it's been a bit of a, a villain in the ESG world, obviously. So you're seeing a little bit of volatility there. Oil prices are coming off on some concerns of potential deflation, actually, or inflation has peaked. And then on the other side, what we've seen in the last few weeks, or at least a couple of weeks, is people piling back into tech. Right. So you have certain investors saying, I'll be OK if at the year end I own some technology because, hey, I own Amazon, I own Apple. I still think there are people out there concerned on the other side if they go into the end of the year owning, let's say, ExxonMobil or something like that, given how energy has been a sore spot for investors from the ESG perspective. But I think it sets up very interesting for, for quarter one after all of this sort of year end position squaring gets gets out of the way, let's call it. But liquidity is pretty pretty thin this week, so it's it's hard to get too much of a strong view on things. Sure, I agree with that. Um, let's let's break down energy and tech. When we talk about energy, what's interesting is oil touched a 10-month low today, right? There was an idea here that uh, there'd be more output um, production increases from OPEC, and then you had Saudi Arabia coming out and denying that, and so um, energy started down about 5% today and, and now is down about 1%. But then you have Ukraine, Russia, and that could heat up during the winter. Um, we just had on Octavio Morenzi who thought that that will, if that intensifies, which he expects it will, that oil will then surge. So it might still be a good play, especially being dividend payers. So would you say to have both? Um, I want to get to the tech trade, but would you have some energy in a portfolio still? Absolutely. I, I think it's tricky in the very short term, as we've said, but I do think that this winter is going to be tricky in the EU for sure. I do think that we're still seeing an industry, the energy industry, under capital constraints, right? There's a lot of, you know, that's the villain. There's a lot of, you know, disincentives, regulations coming out against energy. And I think it's just a struggle and a challenge overall in the macro picture because, we're going to need energy, and it is going to be a tricky winter, a cold winter, especially with some of the energy insecurity we're already seeing this past fall and with Russia and the Ukraine not going away anytime soon. I think that's something to to certainly have is at least, look, it's a hedge. Um, and it's also in preparation for just the energy puzzle, if you will, not working out as smoothly and as easily as many have hoped. And there's been a big push this whole year and for the past couple of years in the ESG world. And I think that it's a little bit of perception versus reality. And uh, the, the energy trade is, is gonna be around because A, it's underinvested, and B, we just can't get to any future energy solution without what we have currently. And, and for better or for worse, that does mean oil and gas, right. uh, you know, are, are still gonna be a key source of at least bridging any gap to future energy. So I absolutely think there's room in the portfolio for some energy. Okay, yeah, and I know you said commodities, energy, uh, gold, and also emerging markets, which I'll get to in a minute. What you don't subscribe to is the story in tech. So 
Um, some people are still big believers. They think there's going to be some big bounce back. Would you have some or not too much because it's overdone? It, you know, that's a tricky one because I think it's very crowded. It's also very easy to own technology, right? Everyone knows Amazon and Apple and Google. And it's just, to me, it's too easy a trade. And we remember the past five years where that sector, those, uh, the tech sector, really exploded. And everyone thought, well, rates are simple. Rates are easy. Not simple. Excuse me, wrong word. Rates have been pretty easy. So the tech trade has worked. I would just caution into this first quarter coming up. You know, yes, it seems a little bit like rates may ease. The Fed might have, you know, slowed down. But I just don't think the last war looks like the next war. And when I say that, I mean, if we go with the we're going to cut rates, the tech sector should explode. I remember 2000, 2002, they cut rates for two years and the market just kept going down. Technology, Microsoft, Cisco, they were flat to down 50 percent in a couple of years after the tech bubble, even though they were lowering rates. So I think the tech space remains very crowded. ESG is, again, part of the puzzle there. A lot of names have been piled into under the story of ESG, the guise of ESG, when in fact, I don't think everyone's in those names for the reasons they think they are. Looking at Amazon, for example, I don't think that's as great an ESG name as everyone thinks. It's down 40% for the year and everyone's sort of still like, well, I need to own some tech for the year end. So I prefer less crowded areas. I, I think tech is something that should be a very small position in a portfolio. There's many opportunities out there elsewhere in the under-owned areas, energy, other commodities. You know, I think there's plenty of spaces yeah. where it's less crowded, less traffic. To me, tech remains very overcrowded. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to gold and metals in a moment. I know you had gold on there, um, but what about emerging markets? Brazil? Right, so I think that there's a good place in the portfolio for some diversification outside the U.S. And I think Brazil is one of those places, uh, I think, you know, you could allocate a little bit to a few different countries outside of the, the U.S. and at least balance your portfolio. Obviously, the dollar and, and rates are a big factor in that trade, that I, investment idea. But I, I like that from a diversification perspective. And although there is a lot of political turmoil, you can see it in the streets of Brazil now with the protests, it's sort of one of those, to me, trades where everyone thinks it's a disaster and it's so, you know, they're, riot they're not rioting in the streets, but they're protesting in the streets. To me, it's an interesting place to have some diversification. And I would even look at China for all that we say and we know that how, you know, there's a lot of uh, questionable political practices going on there in the COVID situation. Again, I think as a diversification, I'd want a little bit of some China in the portfolio, some Brazil in the portfolio. Again, I think the next year or two is going to be about balances in your portfolio, not about going with the go-go thing, whatever's the most popular. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. I also think um, it, it's worth noting in this interview because our viewers are always looking for the actionable advice which you're giving. But also you said even if the Fed were to pause, pivot, turn more dovish, uh, margins are being squeezed in tech. So even with a Fed change, your thoughts on tech, it's not like you're jumping right in even then, right? Right. And look, the dollar remains very strong here. And I don't know where it goes. I don't have my crystal ball. But if the dollar is as strong as it is, and it's held up most of this quarter, fourth quarter here, 
every time someone, Microsoft, Apple, earns overseas currencies and needs to bring them home, they have to translate them, exchange them into expensive dollars. So that's going to cut into profits. I think there's profit margin concerns going forward. And look, I'll just bring out this fact that, look, I'm old enough to remember in 2000, 2002, that two-year cycle after the bubble, Microsoft and Cisco had a four times jump, 4X jump in revenues over that two-year period. Uh, excuse me, over that, in that period, um, the period is actually a decade, but they had a massive jump in revenues for, and Microsoft was flat for 15 years. Cisco was yeah. down 50% over 15 years. So the past war, next war, I just would be concerned. Tech has had an incredible run, amazing. Past five years, I think 20%, 25% annualized. I just don't think it's as easy to say, Fed goes easy again. We go right back into right. tech and it leads again. I think that's just too easy yeah. a trade um, for, for people yeah. to say, you know, there are alternatives out there, I continue to believe. And it never hurts to be diversified, like you're saying. Mark Newman, I really am glad you were able to join us today. A great discussion and a lot of uh, different options there that you put out there for folks. Mark Newman, nice to see you. Constrained Capital. Thank you.